0: Hey, we didn't realize we were making memories. We just knew we were having fun, said my friend. Yeah, making memories is like that, right? Several years ago, Wendy and I returned to my hometown in Traverse City, Michigan. And by the way, as I was putting this together, I had a lot of tears in my eyes. The main purpose of the trip I just referred to was to bury my parents at the local cemetery, which is a which is adjacent to one of our first homes where I grew up as a kid. And by the way, we always have referred to that house as the Blue House. You can actually see that home from their graves. Well, without even talking about it, Wendy and I knew that that trip to Traverse City, Michigan, several years ago would be about renewing and would be about making memories. Making memories works kind of like that, right? It's not like most folks set out to make memories, but when we are relaxed, when we're trusting God, when we're loving and forgiving and kind, when we're always seeking good things for the world and for the people around us, and even seeking good things for ourselves, we invariably make beautiful memories together, especially when we always put God first in our lives. We all know that special memories are often tied to locations, to geographical areas, and you might even say to landmarks, just as seen in the scripture readings for today. I'm reading to you both from Acts chapter 3 and from the Gospel of John chapter 10. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. A man lame from birth was being carried in people would lay him daily at the gate of the temple called the Beautiful Gate, so that he could ask for alms from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for alms. Peter looked intently at him, as did John. And Peter said to him, Look at us! And as the man fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them, Peter said to him, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I freely give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, and he raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Jumping up, he stood up, and he began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God and they recognized him as the man who used to sit and ask for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had just happened to him. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the portico, the colonnade called Solomon's Portico. They were utterly astonished. When Peter saw it, he addressed the people, You Israelites, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or our own piety we have made him walk? And from John chapter 10. Then the festival of dedication took place in Jerusalem and it was winter. Jesus was walking in the temple in Solomon's portico. The Jews surrounded him and asked him, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, then tell us plainly. So ends the biblical readings for today. Okay, we're going to circle back around here and talk a bit about the biblical narratives that you just heard from me. But for now, allow me to give you only one of many, many examples of making memories. Well, one of the first things that Wendy and I did in Traverse City on that previously mentioned trip was to go to J&S Hamburg on Front Street, downtown Traverse City. We sat down at a table, and I could barely order anything off the menu, because as I sat there, I got comfortable. I looked across the table at Wendy, and I burst into tears. You see, it was a Friday tradition when I grew up in Traverse City as a little kid. On his way home, my dad would stop at J&S Hamburg. He would pick up hamburgers, fries, he'd pick up chocolate milkshakes, for the whole family, well, almost the whole family, because my dad was always a strawberry man. My dad, Howard Bryant, would roll into the driveway in his Purvis brother's work truck, and he would bring home j hamburgers on Fridays for supper, as he called it. Accordingly, those hamburgers were individually wrapped in paper and then very carefully placed in their trademark white paper bag. I will never forget the smell of JNS hamburgs. And I will never forget that memory that continues to this day and at this very moment brings both joy and pain. Yeah, making memories is kind of like that, isn't it? And although sometimes painful, making memories will always be a good thing. We all know that special memories are often tied to locational and locations, and landmarks just as seen in the scripture readings for today, I want to share with you some things that some of you Bible scholars here may or may not know. According to Bible gurus and historians, the location mentioned in both of today's readings had to be chock full and overflowing with tradition and with memories. Originally constructed hundreds of years earlier, Solomon's portico, sometimes it's referred to as Solomon's porch or colonnade, was actually a covered outside porch. It was like a large, solid, constructed veranda, many of which you'll see all over the desert southwest, just not as large as the one I'm referring to here. This outside open-air area would probably hold 300 to 400 people at the same time. Imagine for a moment a solidly constructed area, sort of like the Yuma First Sanctuary downtown, but about 10 feet higher, with a flat roof, and close to the same width as this building. Um, Maybe not quite as wide. It was probably about 25 feet wide. It was more like an open-air public gathering place on the east side of the temple. I found some interesting facts about this place, from a website called readingacts.com. Reading According to Josephus, now remember Josephus was not a Christian, he was not part of the early church. Josephus was main as the he was known as the number one historian of Jewish history. According to Josephus, Solomon's portico was a double column porch on the east side of the temple near the court of the Gentiles. It was about 23 feet wide, and the columns were about 40 feet tall. Josephus claimed that they were white marble with cedar cedar panels for a ceiling. Now, Josephus, Josephus may have exaggerated on the marble. Netzer suggests that they were stucco over stone drums. We can relate to that, those of us who live in the desert. These columns were found at Masada. In either case, the portico would have been impressive. Why did Peter and John and the other disciples return to this location? On the one hand, it was, it was a likely location for teachers to gather with their disciples to discuss scripture. And according to John 23, which I just read, by the way, Jesus taught his disciples there. So a little later, Peter and the disciples continued the practice of Jesus by gathering on the Temple Mount. Perhaps that is the reason Jesus went there. It was simply a great place to find religiously inclined people. Well, I close this section with a couple of my own personal remarks about Solomon's Portico. Solomon's Portico was what I would personally classify as a curiously safe place for people to meet. It was a safe place to take part in debates, to meet and to discuss and renew friendships. And or it was a well-known place where disciples could learn from the rabbi of their choice. And I'm saying today the location was safe because it was away from the most sacred areas of the temple. So people could be more comfortable there and people who felt that they were not allowed in those other religiously Uh, concentrated areas knew that they could still find conversations about the religious life in Solomon's portico. Now, certainly the Jews who gathered at Solomon's porch, they knew full well of the direct connection between that nostalgic location and King Solomon himself, and more importantly, the ever-revered and still-revered King David. Historians say that that specific location was strategically chosen by Jesus for his teachings, which are often found in John chapter 10, for example. Of course, the whole book of John is about Jesus openly and frequently sharing with the world his true identity as God's divine son. That said, I'm sure, I'm certain, there were countless memories made at Solomon's portico And it must have been the location where many lives were changed and even the designated landmark where people intentionally went to make memories. Memories that they would never forget. Well, as my time as the pastor of Yuma First and our time as your pastoral family draws to an end, I've been musing and meandering about the many, many memories that we have made together. We've made several joyful and even painful memories worth remembering today. I'm going to mention several things, so I'm not going to say a lot about each specific memory. How about closing down the church campus a little over a year ago? God, was that painful? Was it weird? Was it strange? I thought for a moment the other day, I'm going to be known as the pastor who helped make the decision to close down the church campus for months and months and months. And consequently, what about being shut out of your lives and unable to be with you during illnesses and deaths? There are those of you here today, there are those of you listening today, whose loved one was ill and even died, and you were not even able to be by their side. How about finally getting back together again? Remember that in October? We got together and we had people sign all those documents from the Methodist Church. And then later, we had an outdoor worship service in the foothills and the tenant's driveway. Wow, what a memorable time that was. And hey, countless, countless mission projects. Mission projects where we made flood buckets that traveled across the United States. We made um, health and hygiene kits that traveled across the world. And we even we even well two things in particular locally one the wednesday night group as we would continue each year to make up the little the little uh summer kits that would have like a washcloth and and a toothbrush and sunblock and and sunscreen and things like that remember the wednesday group we did that and then of course the Sandwich Project. Can we ever, ever forget making all those sandwiches? We started out with two buck lunch. Remember that? We were making 10, 15, 25 sandwiches, and then we were up to making hundreds of sandwiches per week to help with the asylum seekers back in. When was that? Uh, a couple years ago. Wow. Countless mission projects we'll never forget, which led to our strong ties to the Yuma community. Yuma First has a strong tie to the community of Yuma just because we have become known as the church downtown to reach out to when there's a need. How about Tailgateway? Uh, that was in the fall, I think, of 2019. Remember, we got together a bunch of churches. We we leased out the the, the verandas at uh, Gateway Park. Remember that? We had entertainment, we had food, and it was genuine. We had an, just an open invitation to anyone who wanted to come by. That was an unforgettable. And then I know the group is smaller, but what about the the dedicated hardworking group that several years ago remodeled and repainted? There was new flooring, there was new plumbing, new paint, new new uh new uh siding, uh uh indoor paneling, um, new window coverings, all the things that we did to Asbury Hall. There are folks I can remember now thinking that, man, Asbury Hall was kind of like a storage area. It's not anymore, friends. There are those of us, our lives and our memories of Yuma First changed significantly because of the remodeling of Asbury Hall. How about the kids event? How about Out of the Box? Anybody here remember Out of the Box? Out of the Box was was a community-wide children's event. We did two summers in a row for like uh, a week or two. One of the things I'll remember, out of the box was referred to cooking classes where the kids learned how to cook without opening a box. Decorating the Christmas tree. I can remember uh, myself, myself, a couple others, and the Brown family getting together one year on a Saturday afternoon for hours as we decorated the Christmas tree right up front in the chancel area. How about the choir I know sometimes the choir can seem a bit distance from others, but I can tell you the choir is a family. All the cantatas and the presentations for Easter and Christmas that we did in the choir practices. What a what a group. Um we still make jokes. We have a lot of, choir has a lot of memories that we've made together. And then special moments together that Wendy and I have shared with you, all the way from special moments where we showed up in your driveway at your house. At 3 a.m., over 25 years ago, all the way to fairly recently when a young man from Nebraska, before he left town, wanted to meet with me in the back, on the back patio. I never knew it, but he told me with tears in his eyes just how much Wendy and I have meant to him and his faith here in Yuma, Arizona. Special moments, making memories. You know, it's not like most folks set out to make memories. But when we are relaxed, when we're trusting God, when we're loving and forgiving and kind, and we always seek good things for one another, we seek good things for the world, and we invariably seek good things for ourselves, friends, when we trust God and put God first, we make beautiful memories together. Finally, And let me add here that it's truly been difficult choosing only one memory to share with you as we wrap up today's message. So here goes, but give me a few minutes, okay? Just give me a few minutes. I'm going to share with you some personal things that you've heard Wendy and I talk about, and then we're going to share something that we all know about. Wendy, Wendy Bryant. You and I will never forget Campsite number 1 at Reverse Creek in June Lake, California. We will never forget the A-frames on the Oregon coast for family reunions. We're never going to forget watching Jaybird, our Korean son, build a campfire for the very first time in his life. We won't forget the bear that chased you down the path that day, nor we won't forget the bear that was watching us fishing the stream entry point at Lake Toyoga in Northern California. We won't forget Grant Lake and the afternoon that you and I caught the biggest fishes fish of our lives. Remember when I reeled in that big bruiser and how I was so pumped up and proud standing there on the shore? And then it was later that same afternoon, you landed a fish nearly 50% larger than the one that I had just caught? Well, I don't know. Maybe it was only 20% larger. Maybe it was only 10% larger. Maybe it was closer to 5% larger than the one I had caught. (laughs) Nope, we will never forget it, babe, when you dumped water all over me on on our honeymoon. We'll never forget sitting at our table at the old Burger King on Central Avenue in downtown Phoenix. I forget if it was our first anniversary or our second anniversary, wedding anniversary, when I gave you those Converse high-top tennis shoes. I know, it was so romantic, right? Now we will never forget going to our very first appointment after I was ordained in United Methodism to that country church in North Carolina. We're never going to forget when we the first time we were in Jerusalem, when we were in the 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 Jewish quarter or maybe we were in the Arab quarter, I think we were looking at buying some suitcases and that guy pulled out that that little table and a couple of chairs and he made that that tea for us. You know what? We won't forget, I think it was that same year that we went to Jerusalem. We won't forget sitting on the tarmac in Tel Aviv, waiting to leave Israel and fly back to America. Remember, we had tears in our eyes and we said to each other, we're coming back. No, we're never going to forget holding our dog Charlie as he drew his final breath a couple years ago, a few years ago. And I think we're always going to remember watching our new dog, Brownie, Brown boy, we call him. We're we'll never for to forget him, especially the first time we took him to Dog Beach in San Diego, and we took him off the leash. Now he ran up and down. It was like he was finally free at last to play with all those other dogs and to jump in the water and chase his ball. No, to name only a few very treasured times when we probably, and I'm going to add this. We unknowingly, but intentionally, made meaningful memories. Finally, a closing memory for for certainly most of us here at Yuma First. Now, there are many of us even listening today that remember the ongoing relationship between the Yuma First Church congregation and the Arizona Western College, the AWC sports teams, especially The relationship that we built with the men's basketball team over a three year period. You know, we grew so very close to the joys, the sorrows, the illnesses, the losses, and the many victories of that team. Remember when they won the regional championship, I forget, two or three years ago? And we were there in the AWC parking lot in the middle of the night holding our signs, sending them off on their next big championship game. You know, it was because of that powerful relationship with the AWC basketball team that we, and especially Wendy and I, we had Abdu Haluf and Marvin Mapaga in our lives and in our home for two weeks over the 2018 Christmas season. Marvin, you remember Big Marvin. Marvin was really missing his family back home in Gabon. Marvin comes from a, a Christian tradition and was used to celebrating A Christmas in his own way and with his culture. And then there's Abdu. Abdu, I don't know, around 19 years old. Abdu, an Arab being from Algeria. He had never celebrated Christmas before in his entire life. I remember the Christmas stockings that Wendy and I got for those guys. And when Abdu left Yuma, Arizona, oh, a little over a year later, he insisted on taking his Christmas stocking with him. Yeah, that sleepy little Christmas holiday season started out as giving these guys room and board for two weeks. But to this day, our relationship with each of them continues to grow and to change. Well, I invite you today to think for a moment about memories that you've made. I invite you to think about making your own memories, memories that you've made in your lifetime. And prompting you now to remember the special places, landmarks, and even the locations. Like wherever your JNS hamburger might be as you grew up. How about the unforgettable people who are still changing your life today? Perhaps you even remember some of the things that I've already mentioned in the life of Yuma First over the years. As the days pass, And as Yuma First Church continues to prepare for the coming of Pastor Mike Wilkerson from Chicago in just over a month, I invite you, I encourage you, continue to intentionally make new, very unforgettable memories. Indeed, making memories is about changing lives. Making memories is all about making our lives today worth treasuring. Making memories will make our lives worth living and certainly will always make our lives worth remembering. We didn't realize we were making memories. We just knew we were having fun, said my friend. Yeah, making memories kind of works like that, doesn't it? Amen.